Hello, welcome to the Honest Wargamer, the home of sand timers for your Age of Sigmar games. This is the Age of Sigmar Stats Center, filmed live every Monday on twitch.tv forward slash the Honest Wargamer. Please do check us out. And we're going to be looking at the stats and event results from Age of Sigmar this weekend. Now the stats, which I'm about to show you here, are all hosted on thehonestwargamer.com. You can check them out yourselves. If you just press some buttons, if you go into Google, Bing, LimeWire, whatever you want, honestwargamer.com. They're free. You can check them out. They're done by Ziggy and Rob, the Age of Sigma Stats team. There's also a Twitter account where you can follow them, where they'll retweet anything. Literally just say, I went 4-1 with something, retweet. Yeah, they're all about it, okay? This is where they input all of the information about the Age of Sigma stats, and you can check them out for yourself. Uh, thanks to Gangster Paradise for resubscribing. Here you can see that there are only three armies above the 55% win rate mark, or as we call them, the danger armies or the bad armies. One of them doesn't have a lot of event results, and that's Big War. The other two are Seraphon and Legion of the First Prince. Now I know, because some of you who are watching this will be BTPs. Why are Seraphon so good? Well, they reduce the damage. That's, uh, they reduce damage by one when you fight against them. There are other ways to play Seraphon, but you don't really play them in competitive setting. So if you have a damage two weapon, it becomes a damage one. That's why they're so effective. There are loads of other things as well. They have an incredible magic phase, incredible shooting phase, incredible combat phase. Don't really suffer from battle shock. Um, uh, they can project power at massive range, uh, and uh, yeah, they're just really, 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 really good. Uh, Legion of the First Prince, however, doesn't have as many event results as you can see, but it's still above that danger mark, and that's an army that's far more complicated. It's made up of demons, like Bellacor, who is like the first demon prince. Not the first demon, I don't think, what that is. I think the first demon was... Oh, there was a real opportunity for a really saucy joke there, but I didn't take it, because I know that the YouTube thugs will be like... I know I'm talking to you in this video and so effectively insulting you as I make the video but I don't mean to so please don't tune out anyway the first demon prince so was a mortal and became a demon prince is Bellacor or is he just a full demon I'm not sure anyway but more importantly their army has a six up ward save and they use lots of different units from different demon armies like Kairos is always in there um, uh, because he's got a great ability. Uh, you'd sometimes see a Boom Thurster, sometimes you see Pink Horrors holding the objectives. And they're a, like a blue deck army that you might see in a blue deck army that you might see in like Magic the Gathering. They're a control army, right? They stop you doing stuff. They're like, no, screw you. No, screw you. Yeah. No. You're like, oh, I want to charge. No. Fuck you. Yeah, imagine that. They're like they're very like a very controlling parent, kind of. Like, but demons. Like, and this is how demons Thanks to Darren for resubscribing. Big love to you. Uh so that's Legion of the First Prince. Okay. Below in the danger zone, so armies that we think need help, so anything below forty five percent win rate. We have Sylvaneth who are getting a new book in the summer, Nighthaunt who just got a new book and it's great. Disciples Inch who are getting a new book in the summer, Ogre More Tribes who are getting a new book in the summer, Skaven who are getting a new book, but apparently it's a copy and paste and not particularly good, but still a new book. Sorry about that, Skaven players. Fire Slayers who just got a new book and are fucked. OCR Bone Reapers, not getting a new book. Cruel Boys, not getting a new book. Now, listen. My mate Jim, who played Steve, beat them with Cruel Boys. So, even though it says 36% win rate, actually, 70% win rate army. You just don't... You're not You're not doing the math. Goosebite Gits, new book in the summer. Heat Knights and Snesh, they're just fucked. Okay, then, the armies that are doing fine. Blades of Corn, Fleshy Courts, Carriage and Overlords. Fleshy Courts could really do with a new update because Raw massively affects their ability to play. Blades of Corn, actually in a 45% win rate, is actually really exciting. Shout out to Pezjub, my friend Adam, uh, from the Czech Republic for doing so well with them over there. Uh, Carriage and Overlords, 
Iron Jaws, Beast of Chaos, really had a glow up since the new White Dwarf update. Soul Black Grave Lords, Lumineth, Seeds of Sigma, Ineth Deepkin, Stormcast Eternals, Magikin Nurgle, the most boring army to play against. Bone Splitters, which doesn't have a lot of information, so I'm not really sure why that's there. Sons of Behemoth, Daughters of Cain. Um, so they're all in the safe places, uh, which is going to be good. Uh, the army is fine, yes. Two of the armies are... Yeah, only two armies. Now, that's actually pretty huge. All of the... Rob, great to see you. Think before you skink, great to see you too. So, actually, all of the armies in are in an okay place. This is a very healthy meta, right? So, the armies are... Like, the game itself is in a very healthy place. But, if you are a regular tournament goer, and you have been for the past year for Age of Sigmar, you'll be really sick of seeing Seraphon at the top. Because their army is just overwhelmingly powerful. Uh, they represent a lot of the 5-0 results, and we'll talk more about that in the future. So even though that 57% win rate is um, uh, lower than it has been previously, and it's not in like danger zones of 60 or 70%, actually, um, that's probably not a true reflection of how incredibly powerful or busted that army is, and it really does need looking at, in my personal opinion. So that's the stats, and that's kind of like the overall shape of it. We'll be looking at some more of this information in the next bit of the video. Look, talking about the kind of the meta representation and how popular armies are at tournaments, uh, since the summer, oh, sorry, since the winter, sorry, so since the winter FAQ, Stormcast Eternals are obviously rampant. 13.6% of the armies are Stormcast Eternals. Um, and then big news, though, is Magikin of Nurgle, since their battle term release, they used to settle, they were much, much lower. And now the second most popular army in Age Sigmar. And indeed, just having come back from Age Sigmar World Team Championships, now Magikin of Nurgle were popular in many of the team formats and they played really really well they're more effective than i think i first gave them credit for but like it's done a very specific build at the moment there was a couple of builds like slot machine killers in the chat and he was running like a very interesting kind of like a beast of chaos list but the one that seems to have really popped out and been most popular is loads of puscoil blight lords so these are big fat uh and, you know sorry sorry these are big boned uh people uh atop uh distended engorged uh flies effectively uh, and they can move in the pre-game uh, and then they can move again and they create like a a fly a wall of fly meat imagine kind of like a imagine the 300 but everyone's got smallpox and also they're on flies so not really like it at all but they hold like it's like a hot gates situation they hold the line yeah and then you try to fight them and then you die and they fight you back and and, and that's basically how the army works um uh, that Nurgle is anti-clock and pro-sand. Yeah, they're, they're also a very uh, anti-clock army, but that's a different conversation. Uh, Seraphon's still very popular, as are Soul Black Gravelords. Uh, Iron Jaws, still immensely popular as well, 5.8% of the meta. Cities of Sigmar, which includes those Stormcast units as well, uh, so they really should be lumped in together with Stormcast Eternals. And then Ironeth Deepkin with their new book, Lumineth Realm Lords, without a new book, but newer book on the horizon at 4.6%. I really expect that to go up. If you are someone who isn't uh, a regular tournament goer or just more of a casual, you probably someone who picked up uh, the Lumineth Realm Lords during lockdown, you know, you got back into Warhammer or you thought, finally, I'll get into that, that Warhammer hobby because no one can see me because I'm never leaving the house uh, for two years. So you finally bought some miniatures and no one was going to come around and see secret stash of, uh, my precious, I've, I've got my little spears and I'm doing my little toys. No one saw it. Right? And you were comfortable with it. So I think we saw a lot of uh, uh, Lumineth Realm Lords armies being, uh, have been bought at that point. Um, uh, Rob, why do you have to sick me out like this? 
<laughs> Sorry, I apologise. Uh, right, Sons of Behemoth, still popular, 4.2% of the meta. Really easy army to play. Listen, if you're new and you just want to pick up an army, Sons of Behemoth, man, just pick them up. Just get four big dudes, run around, yeah, stand on objectives. Don't not stand on objectives and then complain on Twitter because that is not the correct way to play, yeah. Uh, Daughters of Cain just had a new book, um, 4% of the meta as well. I expect that number to go up over the next few weeks as well, as their new book seems particularly good. Uh, and then the other thing to, I guess to really talk about is that Ogre Moor Tribes is still comfortable on 3.8% of the meta. A lot of these armies that you see like towards the higher end, Iron Jaws, Ogre Moor Tribes, Sons of Behemoth, are just kind of like easy to push around and they're super fun. Um, and I think that there's a real conversation about armies that are like very complicated to play. Um, like, or they've got more decision points. I think one of the... Uh, I was talking to my really good friend Owen yesterday. He said that some armies are finesse armies. Um, and then we kind of had a conversation about it. And then maybe the, the correct conversation is that some armies have more decision points. So you have to make more decisions. And that can be quite t mentally taxing, especially if you want to just have some fun. So making the Nurgle not overly... Uh, a decision heavy point army uh, whereas something like Seraphon or Soblight Grave Lords definitely are uh, Stormcast Eternals are not a decision point heavy army um, uh, thank you Horsies for resubscribing the chat love ya really appreciate that okay so that's the meta participation um, and as you can see Stormcast Rampant so if you do go to a tournament you can expect to see Stormcast Eternals if you'd like to collect armies that aren't anywhere near as popular to play Casual Overlords Bone Reapers um, uh, those are kind of fun armies uh, to play um, which you could do some really good stuff with in my opinion um, like, and they're a bit, little bit lower uh, Heat Knights of Snesh, um are right at the bottom uh, because their army just isn't particularly good. The first event result that we're going to look at is the Battle in the Misty Mountains AOS GT, where they've encouraged no take backsies. Okay, so that's uh, Chesscocks are also available upon request. So feel free to leave any comments down below. Or, I mean, if you listen to this as a podcast, I guess just tell your partner about the Chesscock thing. I'm sure they'll love it. Um, okay, there are 32 players at this event and it was won by matthew swinney with his stormcast eternals list using hammers of sigma let's take a quick look at the list so you guys can see okay who's using lord bastian carthlos for people at home a stormcast eternals army oh do i need to do this much no okay bastian carthlos is like a big hench nah, hench is a word you can't use anymore i don't think Bastion Carthos is like a big warrior, effectively, with a hammer. And he's 300 points. He's kind of like a mini monster. He's definitely what we call a melee character. So Gotrek's another melee character that you can have. The Light of Altharion is another good melee character. Um, they're kind of like almost self-sufficient. They're units unto themselves as opposed to a support piece. So Bastion Carthos has got that, as well as the ability to just do like mortal wounds to giants and some other stuff. So he's, yeah, he works out. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's been to the gym. Okay, Lord Arcanum on Griff Charger, which is very in vogue at the minute, uh, with a Command Trait Master of Magic, which allows him to re-roll a, a casting or re-roll an unbind, um, and then um, has got the spell Chain Lightning, and then he's got a Lord Castellan with the Arcane Tome uh, with Celestial Blades, and he's got one unit of two Dracothian Guard, sorry, one unit of four Dracothian Guard Forminators, these are kind of like elite cavalry that do lots of damage on the charge, Three units of five liberators, which are just like your basic bitches with shields and hammers that just stand places. Some aether wings, which are birds. There's not really much else to say apart from that. They're birds. Yeah, they're birds. And uh, they're in front of a unit of six crossbowmen. They're called Vanguard Raptors Longstrikes, uh, Longstrike Crossbows. And what they do is they shoot from 30 inches and they're able to shoot twice, uh, which is really cool using something called Thunderbolt. 
Thunderbolt Volley! Uh, and that just really does lots of damage. Like, they hit on threes, they wound on twos, they do mortal wounds on sixes, so they're just really effective. Um, and a big congratulations to him. Uh, the Lord Arcanum and Griff Charge and Bastion Carthos is actually quite a... Bastion you see sometimes, you don't normally see both of these. You definitely don't see a Lord Castellan with the Arcane Tome. Um, but Celestial Bloods... Celestial Bloods? Celestial Bloods is a spell which gives you plus one to wound on those fulminators which makes them very devastating because you end up with 20 attacks that are twos and twos rend two damage three oh baby oh baby yes there's an arcane tome in here baby yeah i take a bastion my next team event he's there for the raptor redeploy uh yes of course um uh, so that's congratulations congratulations there to matthew swinney bradley uh, also went 4-1. So these are the 4-1 people. Bradley took uh, Stormcast Eternals. Let me just take a moment to look at that. He had in his list uh, Gardas... Oh my god, what what output is this? This is Battlescribe. My goodness. Gardas, Steel Soul, who's a great... Uh, again, another special character. He's got an aura that gives a 5-up ward. He's got kind of a superhero pose. He's quite fun. Uh, a Knight Encanter, who's a wizard with an auto-unbind. A Lord Relictor, who's got the ability to teleport units around, which is quite cool. He's also got a special artifact called the Mirror Shield. So unless you're inside 9 inches, you can't shoot him. So it's kind of like... I don't really not sure how it works. It's like I don't know if it covers his whole body or... You'd more want, like, a see-through shield. Like, I don't know what the mirror does, is what I'm trying to say. Thanks, Stu, for resubscribing. Um, but I'm not sure what the, the situation... I don't I don't know how it's a mirror, and it does the thing, but it, it does. So, anyway, it, you can't be shot. Uh, he's got three units of um, five Liberators, um, and then he's got a unit of Aetherwings. They're birds. And then he has a unit of Fulminators, a unit of four, a unit of protectors. Now, these protectors are super cool. Shout out to my friend Colin Cochran over in the Great Northern Island. Uh, and he has got, uh, and they're really fun because they've got a really good armor save. And they've got three-inch range weapons with quite a lot of attacks. They're quite useful for dealing with, like, horde units. And he's got a unit of, oh, six Vanguard Raptors with long strike crossbows. Really good. There are uh, 18300 um, uh, War Scrolls inside the Stormcast Eternals book. But there are only actually seven that see play. And those Vanguard Raptors are one of them, basically. Uh, but congratulations to him. That's really good. So that was John. No, that wasn't. That was Bradley Adcock. John Anderson. Don't worry, John. I will not make. I will not do any Matrix references at all. So shout out to you. He was running an Illuminath Realm Lords list in the sub-faction sidetrack. He's got a Scenario Law Seeker who's able to hold objectives. He kind of teleports on. He's like, this is my objective unless you kill me. You can't get me, bro. Um... Uh, uh, Killback says it's supposed to be like a one-way mirror, like the ones at police stations. Oh, interesting. Um, uh, so then he's got Severith, who is a like a spirit of wind, really invested in sand, loves a lot of sand, emotionally invested in sand, yeah, and has got this ability for the moment <laughs> to be able to fall back in your opponent's shooting phase, uh, which makes them very fast. They move 24 inches and they've got a bow, so they're like they're very effective. They can able to project power anywhere and also grab objectives, which is really fun. You've got Venario Lord Regent, who's got the ability to just like make all the weapons do mortal wounds um, to different units. And he's got a unit of wardens, unit of wardens, and then a unit of 30 sentinels. Now these are archers that shoot really, really far um, and they do mortal wounds as well. And he's got two other hurricane wind spirits, or as we call this, the wind spirit and um, uh, wind spirit and sentinel list. So it's not 
two it's exactly the same as all the others but like it's cool okay so if you wanted to build that list i wouldn't build it right now because obviously uh, there's with a new book coming that's going to change then you've got david fields went 4-1 with a stormcast eternals army it's really interesting none of these have been dragons they've all been formulators that's fun has it been a nice meta shift in a while okay this has got karazai who's like a big dragon he's 600 points um there's not really much to say about karazai other than he's not very good uh but went 4-1 so congratulations and then a lord relictor who is a priest kind of like with a big flag who could teleport people but he's been given a magic book called the arcane tome which means he's a wizard and he's also got celestial blades so he could give plus one to wound to a unit of four storm drake guard right so again um that's that's four big dragons so these aren't formulators these are four big dragons fully grown dragons uh, and then two Storm Drake Guard are in the list as well, and five Liberators. Now, the other important bit here is the Battle Mage with, um, uh, that's been allied in. The Battle Mage has got the ability to make it so that you can get plus two to your charge, maybe also plus two to your run as well, which is really, really good because that means you get a more reliable charge, which is fun because it means you can do teleports and charges and all sorts of other shenanigans, which is just a lot. Um, so there we go. Um, so exciting. Super exciting uh, to see some Stormcast there. The next 4-1 is also Stormcast. Whew, boy. Okay, and this is uh, a Celestine Prime, who is a big... Well, he's kind of like a... He's like a hero in his own right, who carries, although doesn't have a name, and carries Galmaraz, which is Age of Sigma, Sigmar's special hammer from space. Drops down, does some smashing, fights people. Great fun. Loves it. Um, oh, I've just not recorded this whole section. I'm going to have to cut it out of the video now. What a nightmare. What a nightmare for me. That's fine, anyway. Uh, Lord Imperitant, um, uh, who makes it so the Annihilators that we're going to see next, right? And he is unique. I know he's unique, but he doesn't have a name. Like, the Celestine Prime. Like, a, like he's got to have a name. There's a person in there, man. Like, there's a person. He's not just... Like, he can be kept, he, he can be, just clocked yourself, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he forgot, though. Yeah, I don't know what his name is. Anyway, Night Judicator with Griffhounds. Uh, no, man, he leaves it at work. Oh, nice. So when he goes to work, he's a Celestine Prime. But after work, he's just like, just takes the deck. John Stormcast. That's right. I always assumed it was either Felix or Carl Franz. Yeah, it might be. Okay, I'm going for John Stormcast. Thanks, Honke. Um, called Gaz. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, the Lord Imperator, uh, the Night Judicator with Griffhounds. Uh, so this is kind of a shooting unit uh, with some little dogs that run by. And he's got two units of Annihilators with Meteoric Grand Hammers. So it's two units of three. Uh, a unit of Annihilators without Grand Hammers. That's so another unit of three. And then he's got four Vanguard Raptors with long strike crossbows. Oh, boy. Okay, the next event we're going to look at is the BAO, the Bay Area Open, held in Bayshore, Hawaii, in Burling Game, uh, CA, which I think stands for uh, Krusty Area. Not sure exactly where, but it's in the US. Okay, but not sure what CA is. Maybe don't abbreviate it. Like, what's what's that level of, like, what's that level of ignorance where you don't know? I don't know what CA is. Yeah? So, it's the Bay Area. Okay. All right, anyway. Uh, I think it's from... Everyone in the chat's telling me it's Ohio. Okay, perfect. Thanks, chat. Right, so, uh, at 5-0... So how many people played at this event? Whew, looks like a biggie. 52 people. 52. 
32, okay, not too bad. Um, so still a lot of 40k LARPers over in the US, uh, and AOS LARPers still trying the hardest. Right, in the uh, Ohio, the chat confirming that it's definitely Ohio, so it's important. So Benjamin Chamillier, yeah, uh, with his Stormcast films went 5-0. The only person to go 5-0, let's see what's in the list. He's got Vandus Hammerhand. Oh, my goodness. So he's running the Stormkeep Army. Stormkeep Army is interesting because other than, you're not able to put stuff into Deep Strike, so into the sky and be able to drop down. And instead, some of your units count as more on objectives. Um, and also, you're able to uh, ally in like Cities of Sigmar units, which is quite fun. Um, so he had Vandus Hammerhand, a Lord Relictor, and a Rune Lord, who's a priest. Um, and he's got the Prayer Scripture Heal, which is the ability to, like, heal d3 wounds right um he had four units of five vindicators now they're going to count as more on his home objectives up until turn three where they then count as more on the other objectives and what i mean by that is he's normally if you've got five models they'll count as five on an objective if it's a monster it counts as five in this situation those five vindicators will count as 15 on an objective uh early on your home objectives early and then later on they'll count for all objectives so they're really good for holding objectives and scoring primary points as we talk about it then he's got three units of two storm drake guard which are really good at fighting charging doing mortal wounds so it's a really nice it's a double battle regiment so it's a two drop um i really like that list it's actually quite different to some other lists that we've seen played really like the vindicator pick uh, i think having vandas in there is really cool as well he's got the relictor with the mirror shield which is a shield that you can see through or teleports or something uh, and he's also got the high priest so he's got two rerollable teleport in there which i think is quite fun and he's got the ability to heal uh, some of those storm drake guard uh, which i think is i think this is genuinely a really fun and awesome list like, I really like this. I think this is really good. Um, yeah, it can bring back unit, a unit of five as well. Yes, uh, he can, using the holy command call for aid. Right, which I think is... I, I like this list. I think this is really fun. So good at holding the primary. Uh, Vindicators have also got a three-up armor save and two wounds apiece. Uh, so you are dealing with like quite a tanky army. The whole army's got a three-up armor save. Other than maybe the Rune Lord, who's got a four-up armor save. Doesn't have much uh, in the way of mortal wound protection. But other than that, it's really good. Like really like you've got aggressive frontline in the storm drake guard and you've got great primary objective holders uh, in the vindicators who also can fight quite nicely as well so overall really interesting army slightly different to the other stormcast lists we've seen really like it um congratulations to benjamin right in the 4-1 bracket oh my goodness okay so we've got robbie bear with his sons of behemoth list oh, hold on one sec uh, which I'm certain will be four bigs, but we'll check it out. And then we've got Tad Batten with his Thunder Lizard list. So let's take a look at this well. So uh, we do have Kragnos, a Gatebreaker, and a Gatebreaker, and then one Man Crusher. Okay, slightly new kind of thing that's been occurring in the Mega Gargant builds at the moment. As we've been seeing this, Kragnos is really effective. We're seeing him in loads of different armies, even in Bone Splitter armies. Um, uh, like very very good especially because of the 3d6 charge and you got the, and he's also got spell protections and a bunch of other stuff then you've got gatebreaker and the gatebreaker which are the more outputty of the um like the more fighty of the uh mega gargants and then you've got a man crusher gargant baby one man crusher gargant that is uh like just a little fella just for holding objectives and stuff so you've got a very very fighty front line and they all count as more on objectives than everyone else so um so they count as like i don't know 20 or something uh, for objectives so really good uh so just loads of output really good on the primary love fighting on objectives that's it um okay so then you got seraphon uh and they have got a thunder lizard army you've got slan engine of the gods king priest celestine prime 
Celestial Prime we talked about already, being in the heavens, uh, it's got a good AoE mortal wound projection, drops in from the sky, then it's got the ability to like auto-determine a charge, and it's quite fighty, and it's got a good armor save and a great ward save, so good against mortal wounds. Engine of the Gods can summon units, can do mortal wounds in AoE, it can heal units, it's great in a fight, it's got the ability to like fly in this situation, it's got a cloak of feathers, so it's a dinosaur covered in feathers. Um, which all dinosaurs, I think, were covered in feathers, based on the new David Attenborough show on Apple Plus, where, like, with, has anyone watched that? Amazing. I absolutely love that. You should check it out. Um, and then he's got three lots of ten uh, skinks, uh, five Saurus Guard, two Stegodons, which, again, have got really good shooting attack in those Sky Street bows, uh, potentially nine damage each, and they're also really fighty uh, because they're Stegodons, obviously, although they actually look like Triceratopses, which is, again, a little bit of a problem. David Attenborough did actually mention it in that. He, like, was doing the whole walking with dinosaurs kind of thing, and then he was like, by the way, in Age of Sigmar, the Stegodon really should be called a Triceratops. So... It's a little bit awkward, but there we go. Uh, thanks to MB5C and Tristan for resubscribing. Appreciate that. And you've got Basilodon with Solar Engine, which is a turtle. That's a tank. It's got a one-up armor save and does laser beams uh, and does really good shooting uh, in his list. And the Burning Head on his list. And playing with it. Shout out to Smorgan uh, in the chat. So well done to him. Or them, sorry. Uh, right. So uh, Bridger Han went 4-1 with Fire Slayers. From table to... Oh, Bridger! Oh, wow. Amazing. From Tabletop Titans. That's exciting. They're a YouTube channel. Uh, so Bridger ran uh, a Fire Slayers list. He went 4-1. Wow, this must have been a soft-ass field. Um, oh, Carl was there. Nice. Okay. Right, so he was running an Auric Runefather on Magma Droth. I think you missed Raymond? Oh, I did. Thank you. Hold on. I'll make sure I get that as well. One second. I did miss Raymond. Thanks. Appreciate that. Uh, uh, right. So, Auric Rune Father on Magma Droth. A Rune, Auric Rune Smite on Magma Droth. A Rune Son on Magma Droth. A Rune Son on Magma Droth. A Rune Son on Magma Droth. And a Rune Son on Magma Droth. And they're all battle line units. So, they're all monsters. So, they're able to get bonus battle tactics. Uh, they all count as more on objectives, which is really good. You've got enough shooting uh, from all of the different uh, Magma Droths to, for it to actually be effective. A single Magma Droth shooting attack is not particularly good. But... All of the runes on uh, all of them together, you might actually spike quite a bit of damage, um, potentially. Uh, and then they're all just quite fighty, like it's that simple. They're all just quite fighty and, and, and do quite well for for grabbing objectives. Uh, every battle tactic you do is just bonus points, really, uh, which I think is quite good. You know, like oh, by the way, if you do battle tactics in Age of Sigmar, battle tactic is like a quest that you do in Age of Sigmar, and <laughs> what happens is. Uh, you choose at the beginning of your turn and you complete at the end of your turn. And if you do it with a monster in the current rules, sometimes you get a bonus victory point. And because the scores are so low in Age of Sigmar, then you effectively um, get a bonus point. Um, this score should be renamed the Badger Set. I agree. Uh, okay, so uh, well done to him. And then uh, Raymond was running a... Living City list with Anointed Frostheart Phoenix, which is a minus one to wound aura and a really good defensive uh, piece. Uh, a Battle Mage um, from Gur with Life Surge, which means you've got a heal, which works really, really well on the Frostheart Phoenix. One unit of Freegal Crossbowman, two units of Freegal Crossbowman, a Celestial Hurricaneum, uh, which is a plus one to wound aura as well as a really good, sorry, plus one to hit aura as well as a really good shooting attack. Um, and not a wizard. And then a unit of four Dracothian Guard Forminators and a unit of 
four Storm Drake. No, two Storm Drake guard. Okay. So, um, and obviously it's in Living City. Okay. So, how much runes could a Magmadroth ruin if Magmadroth ruins? <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, thanks, D, for resubscribing. Appreciate that. Um, so, how does this list work? Okay. So, Living City is one of the. Uh, see you later, uh, Darren. Living City is one of the cities of Sigmar, which is covered in forests. And the people of it have learned how to traverse the realm routes, which are and, and the hidden pathways of the mortal realms, uh, which means that they're able to outflank, as in coming from the board edge, but not deep strike. So they're nine inches away, but six inches from the board edge. And then they get to use a command ability and move. They get to shimmy forward after they've shot and then charge. They don't normally retreat, they normally move. Uh, we've heard that that's been changed in the latest GHB, so this build will go by the wayside, but it's been very, very, very effective because it means that you can keep your key units off, like Stormdrake Guard and Dracothian Guard, if you wish, and then you can bring them on so they can never get hit. So it means you can give up the first turn if you want, and then you can basically get into your opponent's face all the time because Dracothian Guard aren't actually that fast, so it gives you the ability to put them on the board edge and move forward, which is amazing. Really, really effective. Really good. Uh, then Carl Ong from the Season of War. Let's go, Carl. Okay. So, and he was running. A, a Petrifex Elite's Army. OCR Bone Reapers. That uh, was just one, but I think they stopped putting Connor out of the Steel Fusion. Yes. Hey, Dave. <laughs> hey, Dave. Um, so, Ark and the Black. Catacross, OCR Bone Reaper as well, uh, in Petrifex Elite, which means they reduce the rend uh, coming in by one. So if you've got rend in the army, like if you're like, oh, my army's got rend one, it's now got rend nothing. Whereas if you've got rend two, you're down to rend one. And because they can have a Mystic Shield, they can effectively neuter your um, your rend uh, in your army, which means the only real way of dealing with them is mortal wounds. But Mortec Guard have got this thing called Empowered Naderite Shields, which is a spell which Arkham the Black, who is a wizard, is going to be able to take. And then they can even ignore mortal wounds. So they're like a really defensive bone army. They're just a load of boners. Just... Off they go. So they're very, they're very, very effective. Uh, so you've got 30 Mortec Guard, 20 Mortec Guard, and 5 Death Riders. Okay. And then you've got a Gothasar Harvester. Now, those Mortec Guard are what I talked about there, kind of battle line infantry. They're really effective. They've got a great weapon profile, which is uh, Rend 1. But in Petrifex, you could take that into Rend 2 uh, with the command ability. Um, and so they, they, it can be really fighty. Uh, the Yes. Uh, can Kakros give them an extra attack? Or is that only a Lee's Kavalos? I don't remember. And then the Gothasar Harvester, which is behind them, um, is able to heal them because he's like a bone machine. Like, is that the right way to describe it? He's like so. One of the when one of the Mortec guard gets killed, like stabbed or murdered or blown to pieces, whatever those are, right? Um, he picks them up, scoops them up, <laughs> puts it into his like bone crunching machine, and then pops out a new Mortec, poops out a new Mortec guard, basically. Uh, so like he's really really defensive in a very defensive army because effectively everything you kill is going to he's going to replenish them and then Arkan who's a wizard he's a Mortark so one of Nagash's lieutenants who's the god of death he's the one who's like dead good at spells right and he's got the ability to bring back three uh, I think to a Mortec guard unit per one of your hero phases and Catacross can also bring some back question mark probably um, 
Uh, he says yum 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 while he sucks up all the bones. Yeah, he's like nom 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 um, and just like poops them back out. So it's a really defensive front line. Uh, really good at holding objectives because you've got 30 Mortec Guard who are really fighty and really tanky. And then you can just rebuild them and you can do damage from Catacross, who's a great little fighting unit, uh, well, little but big, and then Arcan, who's got the ability to control the spell phase uh, by shutting down magic and also sp casting spells. So, um. <laughs> so Alexander Gonzalez was running a Nighthorn army and he was running it. It's one of the new books. So like the new book, Nighthorn Army, and he was running it Scarlet Doom. Scarlet Doom make Blade Guys Revenants battle line, but in addition, they when you charge with the unit of Blade Guys Revenants, for every model in the unit, you roll a dice on a five up, it does mortal wounds. They've also got two attacks base, but when they charge, they get an additional attacks. That's three attacks. So one unit of Blade Guys Revenants should, on average, be doing about three mortal wounds on the charge and also be doing 30 attacks and he's got one unit of 20 two units of 20 uh, two units of 10 sorry three units of 10 and a unit of 20 grim gas reapers he's also got guardian souls who can resurrect some of those models as well but most importantly he's got the cron spine incarnate which is the new kind of like uh, incarnates that are done uh, that come from the Battle of Thondia box set, so these are the kind of new narrative expansions. Crunchbine Incarnate is really good in a fight anyway for 400 points, but in addition, he's got this thing called a Domination Aura, and units inside the Domination Aura aren't able to retreat, which, if you're able to be very tactical with exactly the range of that Domination Aura, you might be able to charge in your Blaze Guy Revenants, and because Nighthaunt have retreat and charge, you can charge in, do mortal wounds, retreat and charge, and that unit that's locked in with a Crunchbine can't actually retreat away which would be really important. Um, uh, so I think that that's, there's some really interesting stuff for that army. And maybe this is what we're going to see as a cookie-cutter build in the future. Not sure. Like, it kind of makes sense for the, the army to make it so that units can't retreat, especially when the whole Night on army can retreat and charge. So I think that's quite interesting as well. Um, I think there's loads of different lists that we're going to see come out of this Nighthorn book, especially because it's got so much playability. It's one of the better crafted books for Age of Sigmar 3, in my opinion. And so you're going to see lots of different elements engaging with it. I think you're also going to see the Cronspine trick of making stuff not be able to retreat be used a lot. And for 400 points, it's going to be very effective in games. So that's pretty exciting, honestly. Um, and so fun to see Nighthorn up there uh, and not just needing Ronya, the absolute legend. Uh, to be able to make uh, Nighthaunt lists work. So shout out there. Um, and then you've got uh, Evan Markham with his Living City list. And he was running a Free Guild General on Griffin uh, from Living City. Uh, a Cessor Hurricaneum, which is plus one to hit. Um, Aura, as we talked about before. And a Celestant Prime in the sky. And three, 30 Free Guild Crossbowmen, uh, which are really good for like deleting chaff or just giving your opponent lots of dice. And another unit of Freegal Crossbowmen and 10 Dread Spears. Then one Scourge Runner Chariot. And then four Fulminators and another Hurricaneum. Oh, wait, is another Hurricaneum? That's the same Hurricaneum. Two Hurricaneums. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool for some big shooting attacks. They've got a really fun shooting attack. They've got the ability to do mortal wounds off the gun at the top. Um, okay, fun, fun. Uh, everything I've said about Living City applies here as well from, from previous statements. Uh, then you've got Gregory Brewer with Big War. My friend Dave uh, is a big fan of Big War. He thinks it's the way to play the Uruk Warclans book. So this is where you can include stuff from Bone Splitters, also from uh, Iron Jaws, and also from Cruel Boys, all in one army to get a more kind of like varied playstyle. He's got a Breaker Boss on Maya Brute Trogoth, or as we call it, the Celestine Slime. 
um, who's a really good fighting monster. Uh, he's got a War Chanter, which gives plus one damage to units of Uruks. He's got the Uruk Mega Boss uh, on foot, which has got the ability to dish out two command point, uh, two command abilities at the same time, and the same command ability at the same time, which is really quite useful um, as kind of an on-foot character, and is a pretty fighty character as well, especially with the Artifact Destroyer, which gives him more output. You've got the Wurgog Prophet, um, which is a wizard that's got the spell Ghost Mist, which is, uh, like, you can't be shot at. I'm pretty certain. Uh, you got the Weird Knob Shaman with Master of Magic and also the Great Big Green Hand of Gork, which is a teleport. Um, uh, didn't everyone shit a brick when DOT Pinks locked you down and stopped you retreating? Ziggy, they did. Um, uh, and then you've got two units of... One unit of... Two units... Uh, oh, sorry. One unit of ten Ard Boys. Uh, a unit of ten Uruk Brutes. And then two units of five Ard Boys. And then you've got two units of Manskewer Bolt Boys, which kind of like mid-range uh, shooting units. But they're only 120 points for two units of three of them. Well, they're only 120 points for a unit of three. And he's got two units of them. And then he's got the Emerald Life Swarm as well. I assume to try and heal up the Mirebruth, uh, the Breaker Boss on Mirebruth, Trogoth, who's, again, really, really fighting. This is a super cool list. Uh, big Brick of Scary Brutes, so that's a threat. You've got the Mega Boss on foot, he's a threat. Breaker Boss on Mirebruth, Trogoth, is a massive threat uh, as well. And then you've got some, like, inconsequential, like, little shooting units as well. This is really fun. This is really fun. Big War gives you the ability to get, like, pluses to your hit and to wound later on in the game. Uh, which is really, really, really effective. So it makes the army like basically hit on twos and wound on twos, which is <laughs> really, really good. So shout out to Gregory for that. That's really good. Um, and that's everyone. But shout out to Matt, uh, Matt the Nuge, uh, getting three wins there uh, with his Beast of Chaos. So uh, looks like a fun event, and I'm glad everyone had fun. Okay, over in Scotland, in Stirling, Scotland, there was Farm Hammer, the event. Well, he's, I think he was on a farm. I think is the, I think that's why it's called Farm Hammer. Like, can confirm it wasn't a farm. Anyway, it was in Sterling, um, and it was won by Nathan Watson. Uh, David Smith also going 5-0, but David Smith over from the north of I. Oh no, from the Republic of Ireland. Sorry. Um, thank you. Sorry again for resubscribing. So anyway, Nathan is running the Stormcast Eternals list. Let's go check what's in his list, shall we? Uh, this is all being done on Tabletop.io, which is a slightly slower website. Uh, as you can see, it's loading. Uh, I am God now. You've got it, David Smith. Oh, come on, man. Oh, here we go. Okay, so he was running, uh, what does the Cronspine Incarnate do? Running a Stormcast Eternals list with a Knight Draconis and Lord Relictor. Then two units, uh, sorry, one unit of five Liberators and three units of two Stormdrake Guard. And then he was running the Cronspine Incarnate of Gur. So everything we said about the domination range before, the dragons have got the double move, the shoot and the fight. Uh, and then he has the Lord Relictor with the teleport. Um, meaning, can you teleport the dudes out of the fight? What, like, if they're locked in with a Cronspine Incarnate? Horrific. And then he's got the Draconis. So the Draconis can make the uh, Stormdrake Guard shoot twice, uh, and they can move twice as well. He's also got the Master of Magic, um, and he's got the Arcane Tome. So, uh, originally, it was on a farm. Uh, as the TO is a farmer, 
uh, now a dedicated gaming space, Common Ground Games. Okay, so it's being held in Common Ground Games. Okay, really exciting. I mean, this is a really interesting list, and it's really fun uh, seeing Nathan and other people pointing out uh, what the Cronspine Incarnate of Gur can do. It's really defining the shape of the game at the top end of Age of Sigmar. So if it is something you want to pick up, like, oh, wow, this like, looks really cool, or you want a 3D print version of it, or you want to kitbash your own, um, they're very effective in-game, and Nathan has pointed out they're very effective with other really effective units as well so he should be really uh, happy with that so uh, huge congratulations to him david smith with his chaos maggotkin of nurgle um was i uh, see you later Persia. look after yourself see you tonight uh, if you want me to come on the show and explain my list and tactics let me know <laughs> david was running uh, a drowned men lord of afflictions uh, and another lord of afflictions nurgle army and then he was running one two three four five units of two Puskor Blight Lords, and then another unit of four Puskor Blight Lords. So, there's lots of like clever interactions with how this army plays, right? Uh, lots of clever interactions. But mainly what it does is it holds objectives and the army back, kind of like a pin list, like we've seen with the Cronspine Incarnate, and the Lord of Afflictions with the Overpowering Sense and Split on Helm turns off command abilities in range. Uh, which means that like you can't like survive against uh, inspiring presence and, uh, and other stuff like that. It's also got a pre-game move. So all in all, shuts shuts the opponent down, and then just runs away. That's what it does. Shuts the opponent down, does mortal wounds, does damage, and doesn't die. Summons some stuff later on. Gets some disease points. Maybe it summons some. Maybe it summons uh, like ten play bearers. Maybe it summons a beast cows. Who knows? Beast and Urgle. Sorry, I mean. Um, uh, the TO is Grant from Scotland World's team great guy great tournament okay so everyone in the chat really happy with this uh, this was an event by the way with uh, wait for tabletop TO to load uh, with oh did loads of the boys from Ireland go over that's fantastic 45 players loads of great names in there Archie's in there uh, I'm sure I saw Colin went uh, Stephen Mitchell went oh that's great Love to see that. Okay, so uh, those are the two 5-0. So Nurgle with a 5-0. Excellent. Yeah, and shout out to Nathan Watson in the chat. Uh, I'm sorry, Nathan, sorry, uh, for also going 5-0 with the Stormcast Eternals with the Cronspine. Um, uh, we both had... They're both in the chat. We both had the most smooth brain list this weekend. <laughs> I don't know. I think using the Cronspine correctly is actually really difficult. Um, so I think you should really, like, applaud yourselves for that. Because I, like... I, the, the the no retreat thing was something that maybe like I hadn't seen how effective that would be when I was reviewing it initially um, and it does seem like it's being going to be very effective not particularly engaging for an opponent just being trapped against a thing that doesn't die that you can't retreat from uh, not necessarily certain that's great as a gaming thing but you know it is what it is thanks accidental for resubscribing okay uh, other people who went 4-1 we've got quite a few of them uh, we've got Luke Garside with his Stormcast Eternals army. A lot of Stormcast Eternals this week. Like a lot. Colin with his Stormcast Eternals army. John B with the Beast of Chaos army. And Tom Marshall with his Daughters of Cain. And then David Ryan with his Inethikin. These Inethikin not really popping up as much as I would expect them to be post the book. Really interested by that, actually. Really interested as to why it's not as maybe popular or doing as well. Um, Luke was running a Stormhost Hammers of Sigmar Stormcast Eternals army with a Knight Draconis with a Arcane Tome, which is a book that makes you a wizard. Uh, and then he had one, two, three, four, five Stormdrake Guard, 
all in twos uh, in a battle regiment, uh, which is which is really solid. Uh, I've talked about those before, but they can shoot twice thanks to one unit can shoot twice thanks to the Nitroconis, and they can all pregame move and charge you, which is very very effective. And what weapon did he go for? Lances. Lances the future. Um, I beat Luke by three points because of prime targets. Oh, that's that must feel really nice. That's good. Uh, I had to fight three deep in a row at Carnage. I had to fight three deep in a row at a team event as well. It's fine. Colin! Oh! What's, well, not, Colin uh, is an amazing player from Northern Ireland. Um, and he's running Stormcast Eternals. He was running a Lord Relictor with a High Priest and an, Arch <laughs> an Archetome at Translocation. Oh my god. Uh, okay, so he has. Does that mean he has a rerollable? A re-rollable prayer and is also a wizard. Amazing. Guard a Steel Soul, which gives you a 5-up ward. And then a Knight Valexa. Um, and I'm really not sure what the Knight Valexa is in there for. Maybe you could tell me. Three units of five Liberators. Five judi 15 Judicators with Boxstorm Crossbows. And then one, two, three, five Stormtrike Chariots. Yes! Absolutely yes! Boom! I knew he wouldn't let me down. Right? I knew he would not let me down. Okay, Stormstrike Chariot, let's talk about it. It's a chariot, for people who don't know what chariots are. Uh, it's two wheels and has to be pulled by something, which is why the Flame flame Seeker Chariot isn't a chariot. There's loads of chariots that aren't chariots in Age of Sigmar, but a chariot is two wheels and pulled by something, right? But this is pulled by lions, I think. Yeah, lions. But the important part is, it's got 12 wounds with three up armor save, which is great. And also, when you charge, Every whatever you roll on your charge roll, so let's say you roll a ten, every four up is a mortal wound. So if you charge four of them in, pam 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 pam, right? Uh, Valexis Woods per game translocate basically can pick up a unit anywhere on the board. Nice. So he's also got the ability. Oh my god, is he like? So he's got the fifteen judicates or boxstorm crossbows, right? Um, which is oh my god, amazing, amazing, right? So he's doing shit tons of shots loads so judicators uh are like two wounds each they've got a four up safe maybe three up but probably a four up right um but he's got a unit of 15 and the bolt storm crossbows every hit becomes two wound dice so let's say you do 10 hits you'll have 20 wound dice but they hit on threes already and you can make it so they hit on twos and they've got two shots apiece two shots apiece three shots apiece no two shots apiece i think so like your 30 hits can become basically like 60 wounds Right? You could just rain shots. Right? Right? Uh, and you just rain shots, and then you can clear the screens, making way for the chariots of fire to charge in. Oh my god. And he's got Thunderbolt Volley, so we can do that twice. Like, twice. This is a Dennis unit, the 15 Judicators of Boston Crossbows. And he's like. So many shots. It's like 120 wounds, basically, that you give your opponent. He's like, there you go. Just just die. Pro to Tabletop, thanks for resubscribing, you big badger lover. Right? Just let's go. Um is this the one with fight on death? Uh no, they don't fight on death, I don't think. Um special weapons really help them. No, you don't need the special weapons. It's the bolts on crossbows. Big pro. That's so cool. Love that. That's a great list. Uh okay. Uh then John B was running a Beast of Chaos army. He went 4-1 with it. He had a Dragon Ogre Shagoth, a Great Brave Shaman, a Slave Starless Demon Prince. Now, uh, Dragon Ogre Shagoth has got the ability to use the new White Dwarf uh, raw kind of thing, which generates you more summoning points. And the Beast of Chaos army is really, not reliant, but like it really benefits from how much summoning it can do. It's got a very 
very low threshold for what you can summon. You, like, you don't have to get a lot of points. And since the White Dwarf update, you've got the ability to get more points, which is cool. Great Bray Shaman uh, has got a really great spell uh, on its War Scroll and also got the spell Vicious Stranglethorns, which is quite useful uh, into monsters. You've got Slaves of Darkness Demon Prince, which makes it so that you can't charge them as effectively at half charge range within 18 inches. And then you've got nine Dragon Ogres, which is 45 wounds. Six Dragon Ogres, which is... Uh, 30 wounds and then three more dragon ogres which is 15 wounds um, and the important part there is because you've got nine dragon ogres if any of them get killed if you go down to one you can rally them on a four plus which means you can roll eight dice any four ups you can get back which is amazing three lots of ten ungor raiders three bulgor ten bestigor two gorgons sure gorgons as well cheap monsters that can do some fighting monster stuff um but it's just a very cheap army that's got lots of wounds that can do lots of fighting. Um, Nine Dragon Ogres is a great, great... So well done to John B. Tom Marshall was running Marathi and the Bow Stakes plus their new groupie. Oh, nice. Uh, Shadow Queen and Iron Scale. So 15 Bloodstalkers and the Crossfire Kurt of Kurt. Oh my god, Jesus, that is so awful to play against. That is awful. <laughs> like, I'm just imagining it right now. Okay, so the current spider can't run away from. Marathi, unlike Stormcast, where you can only shoot once, shoot twice once per battle, Marathi allows the uh, Bloodstalkers to shoot in the hero phase and the shooting phase, so shoot twice. But you can do that every turn. And then if you can't run away from units... Then you're just locked in. You also can't kill Marathi immediately because she doesn't die. So you have two undying units. And then you have a unit that just keeps shooting. Pew, 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 pew. Oh, man. Oh, man, oh, man. That's, uh, like, Dorch Kane, uh, there's, uh, like, yes. That's a very good list. That's very good. Um, that list made me throw up in my mouth. Nate, me too, homie. Like, oh, boy. Um, that is like I was kind of okay with your version with the dragons like oh man oh boy <laughs> oh boy okay alright yeah that's really good that's great well done who did that Tom you fucking legend that was that's smart um, uh, Dan Ryan was running I Net Deepkin he was running Nautilar. A lot of the lists running Nautilar. I find that to be quite interesting uh, because you've got the ability to make it so the fin attack on your um, a Leviadon uh, goes up to Ren 3 and it also becomes Battle Line as well. I think lists, I think Luna, not Luna, sorry. I think Ineth Deepkin are better with a Leviadon and I literally will fight people on this. I think Leviadon stonks through the roof. A lot of people saying it's too expensive. I think bullshit. Like, you just can't go near it. If you go near it, like... You have to bring something outrageous to kill it because it's very survivable. And then it will just delete whatever touches it, I personally think. Like me and Adam from the Plymouth Troll Slayers and also my co-host for AOS Worlds as well as Owen uh, doesn't agree, but we will fight to the death on this at another time with our tops off. Um, you have summoned me. I can see. I can see. You're just like, this is what it is. Uh, I did last week on Brom GT. My corn dragon one-shotted it, lol. My corn dragon? What? <laughs> What did you just say? Did you say you took a corn dragon? Like, absolutely. Like, the the corn dragon from Forge World to corn dragon. That can't be true. <laughs> what a legend you are. I can't believe you took it. 
Um, okay, anyway, so what's in the list? So uh, you've got an Achillean King, the Slap King, as we know him, with Unstoppable Fury, Super Fighty. Imagine, like, your whole book is just, like, this one artifact now. Like, hello. At least it's better than it just being one War Scroll as it was previously. Um, and then Avoid Your Darkness. Okay. Uh, and then you've got the Eidolon Mathlas, Aspect of the Sea, um, uh, which is, so the, the Spellcasty one, which honestly is getting a lot more a lot more play than I gave it credit for because it's got the ability to reduce saves and can cast the spells. But I honestly don't know if that's worth it. Like, like you're like, oh, I really want some utility and reduce saves. And I'm just like, well, just take more dudes. Like, it's cheap though, 325. Like, and, and, and it did well. So four, like four one. So like, what do I know? Lotan, amazing. Plus one to wound on everything in an aura. Uh, hey, thanks for your work in Prague. No problem. Fekistus? Fesistus? Fesh... Like chat, thanks for just us in the chat. Um, uh, but amazing, plus one to wound in an aura is just just fetchy. Okay, fetchy, thank you so much for saving me. Um, and a soul render as well, and then two lots of ten thralls, two lots of ten reavers, and the leviathan. Uh, and with three ether wings, I think leviathan is so good. You get all those shooting attacks from leviathan as well. Uh, the reavers are amazing. Uh, they're going to give you like they can give you a lot of shots, so you can clear a lot of screens, which is really effective for then the Keeling to go in, Keeling King to go in and then murder stuff. So like you got some, you got two major threats in my opinion in the King and the Leviathan, and then you've got lots of like board control presence with the Reavers um, and the Eidolon as well, because the Reavers are going to be able to like clear screens really effectively with their shooting, or even just kill like actual good units just by weight of dice that they're going to be able to put on as well. So actually, great little army um, being run there. And that's everything from Farmhammer. Obviously, uh, we had some more people. We had, um, we had, oh, what do we see here? Silvereth. Reese Fraser was running Silvereth and went three two. That's really cool. Well done to him. Um, Kara Nubi was running Beast of Chaos. Uh, I think Kara did really well last time with the Beast of Chaos as well, actually, going 4-1 before the new book. I, I seem to remember that being true. Uh, shout out to Sean Ricketts with his Gloomspike Gits going 2-3. He's got to be happy with that. Um, uh, and then, oh, Flesheeta Courts. Come on, 2-3. Let's go, Alan George. Proud of you. Did really well. Okay, excellent. Um, so that is everything from that event. Next up, we're going over to New Zealand, and we're going to the Age of Sigmar Masters. Now, normally what happens at the end of a season, so like when Age of Sigmar 3 started until Age of Sigmar, the new GHB, we normally have year-long seasons in Warhammer or at Age of Sigmar. Now, Games Workshop have said that they're going to start producing books every six months. So we might end up with six-month seasons, but probably because of the amount of tournaments that people can go to, because a lot of people don't play Warhammer full-time, you probably will end up with people still running masters, like kind of the culmination of a year's worth of events at the end of a year. I don't think we'll see that change much, but maybe we will. Maybe we'll see six month rotations for masters. Here in the UK, uh, we have this thing called the UK Championships. If you've been onto the TSN website, oh, sorry, the, the Honest Wargamer website, and you've gone and checked out the TSN stats. So over here, you can see I'll bring it up on the screen. 
you can see that we have on the honestwargamer.com uh, this stat meta, state of the meta bit produced by Ziggy and Rob. And you can see the TSN player rankings. In about three weeks, we have the first UK Champions event, which is where uh, it's very similar to the Masters event that you see here. There is an English Masters event that runs, so we wanted to do a different name. Uh, not sure how it works. There's also, we're going to do a World Champions event or a World's Masters, um, where people who've performed really well in the stats um, here uh, you can see on the TSM player rankings uh, from the past year will be have been invited to the event and will be running an exclusive event uh, for these people for free so as you can see if we're looking at the world rankings uh, Mike Stewart is at the top of there with Gavin uh, over in Texas uh, being in second place Matt Davies who I think might be in the chat Mr. Math Mallow in third place Rich Hanna over from Canada in fourth uh, Alexander Gonzalez from the US in fifth Matt Goldsborough from uh, the chat and also from London in sixth. Noah uh, in seventh. He's from the chat and also over from the US. Uh, Anthony Trentinelli with two amazing... Like, he just scraped in very recently with two Skaven 5-0s in the past two weeks, which is amazing. We can talk about it more. Uh, Fabian Quinn here from the UK. Um, uh, Tom Maudsley, the coach uh, of the um, the the world champions uh sorry i'm not trying to think the champions of the world team age sigmar events I'm trying to think of something more flowery to say there but failed uh so anyway those those people are kind of in that uh those cat that category uh, so those are the people that have done well this year but in new zealand uh they have their own masters um uh, and it's i don't know how it's done each area basically does it uh, in their own way um and so this is how they do it over in new zealand so michael fell he ended up winning, so he's the master, uh, as they say. Uh, and he went 5-0. He's the only person to go 5-0, so congratulations to him. Uh, he's got to be super tough. New Zealand, a very tough meta, uh, truth be told. Um, always go down to Australia when they were able to fly down there and do really well. He did it with the Legion of the First Prince Army, which is Bellacor, Kairos, Bloodthirster, and Sense of Rage, Safe Start, Steven Prince, and the Blue Scribes. Talked about this already. It's a, it's a magic blue control deck so it controls the opponent's army you can't do stuff you can't charge you can't run you can't fight um you know you can't do other stuff and then it does its damage with the bloodthirster and sense of rage doing loads of mortal wounds um which is really really effective uh in, in dishing out damage fate weaver as well also does quite a lot of damage via those mortal wounds probably kairos probably quite regularly does gift of change like, so you've got six, five turns to do it. So you might see, Kairos might be like 30 mortal wounds of Spellcaster from one spell, with two other spells to cast it every turn. Like, probably, um, it's a pity that all these Legion lists are copy and paste more or less as Little Cork. I kind of agree, but also, like, it's just very, I mean, most of the other lists are pretty copy and paste as well, right? But they're very effective because, like, they've worked out how to do most of the elements really, really well. Like, there aren't other bits that you're going to want to plug into this army. Like, sometimes you don't see the Blue Scribes in there. Sometimes you'll see, like, uh, the Contorted Epitome instead so that they can have the 4-4 Blade added on. But, like, it's been pretty much solved as a list, I think. And then playing around with it, I think, is probably really joyous because you've got so much stuff that you do when you play with the army. Like, you're very in control. I'm going to do Gift of Change, which is a spell, and turn in, that into a spawn. I'm going to make it so that your charge ranges are reduced here. I'm going to make it so Bellacor shuts down that unit. I'm going to charge in with my Bloodthirster and do all my damage. Like, I think, like, it's really... Like, I feel like you've got a lot of play with this army. 
and with these units. And so why you would change into some other stuff, I'm not really sure. Especially because those other units don't really have a lot of play in themselves. Like, you're not going to put Shalaxi in there with a one spit Soul Piercer ability, which is rubbish, I think. Um, all the parts are pretty pricey. Yeah, you would have to swap out for something that's also as effective and i don't think there's anything as effective as bellicor and kairos i could definitely see kairos even going up points in a new book just because it's just crazy how good kairos is crazy how good kairos is yeah we should definitely buff shalaxi i buff shalaxi i want shalaxi to be a mega boss or more crusher level scary like i want shalaxi on the tabletop shalaxi is a demon from uh the he knights of snesh and i don't know why shalaxi isn't just up there in my opinion um but anyway, Michael was running also 10 Pink Horrors, 5 Flesh Hounds, and 10 Playbearers with the Umbral Spell Portal. A really good list. Really effective. Really strong in-game. Really, really useful. Um, like, you can see why a Masters event you would end up bringing this, because it shuts down lots of the other threats the opponent has. And I think he should be super proud of that, like, pushing that forward. It's also one of the best-performing armies at the minute. Then, in the 4-1 bracket, you had Ben Black, and you had James Struthers. So let's just talk about both of those. So Michael Fell, uh, not Michael Fell, sorry, Ben Black was running an Ogre Moor Tribes list. Wow, going 4-1, amazing. With Kragnos, Frostlord and Stonehorn, Huskar and Stonehorn, three lots of two Mournfang as well, all in a battle regiment. Now, the army, specifically Ogre Moor Tribes, does more damage when it charges. So Kragnos has got the ability to make it so you can charge on 3d6, and a Frostlord and Stonehorn is also really, really, really strong in a fight. So what you're looking at is good armor saves, uh, very tanky, and then just some amazing DPS from these armies, both on the charge and also when they get into combat. A double turn from this army could very easily wipe out most of your army, just because of the raw output of the army. Its weaknesses are that it's very controllable, it's all on the ground, none of it flies, it doesn't play well into uh, magic at all, so it's just, it's just um, it does have some weaknesses, but very strong against the other armies. Um, doesn't matter how good to play you are if you can't play the game right. I think that's the idea of play, bringing Legion of the First Prince. Yes, I agree. Like, that's what the Legion of the First Prince does. This army is just like, if I charge you and I get it all in, I get a double, then you're all dead. And then finally, James Struthers, Mac Attack, uh, was running an Iron Jaws Blood Tooth list with Mega Boss and War Crusher, two War Chanters, three lots of six Uruk Gore Grunters, and three more Gore Grunters, and then Ripper Snarfangs. Now, this is a really techie army truth be told mega boss and war crush has got the ability to make it so three units can move in the hero phase um which is great and in blood tooths those gore grunters which become battle line they can charge in and if they wipe a unit out they can move again so this army can be in so many different places you weren't expecting when you set up let's say you move you put all your units out this army will charge places you weren't expecting and then after it's charged and fought be in other places it wasn't you weren't expecting either if you combat that combo that with smashing and bashing which is if a unit wipes a unit out you're able to activate again this army can chain so many attacks in so many different places that it just really uh it's, it's a real sight to behold when played really well i think give it from um team norway played on the stream during aos world team champs and i thought that that was a really well played really well played uh blood tooth's iron jaws list um in my opinion uh his weaknesses are that like it doesn't actually have tons and tons of wounds uh with a particularly good save so those gore grunters can die very very quickly they've only got four up armor save so you can you can take out gore grunters pretty quick even though they are five wounds apiece uh and the mega boss more crush is such an incredibly important unit 
but you do send to, tend to see it get charged forward and, and die. So it's it's useful to keep that alive as long as possible. So that's the New Zealand event. Uh, excited to see some more Masters events wrap up the season as we go through um, towards the new GHP in the summer. Right, so the final thing I would like to talk about is uh, an event that happened called the Slambo GT. So this didn't happen this weekend just gone, but it, it did happen previously. There are loads of great people at the Slambo GT, including Gavin, who's second in the worldwide rankings. Um, but the big shout out has got to go to Anthony Trentinelli. This is really, really important because um, Anthony has done something pretty remarkable and then he's done it back-to-back. Back. Now, the Sambo GT it was a very competitive field. There were 95 players at this event alone. And there were some really, really solid people playing some really, really good lists. Like I've talked about, Gavin's there. Matt Robish was there. Zach Kennedy went 5-0 with his um, fire stage, which is also a fantastic result. And he should be super happy. You had Nate Trentnelli, Michael Vaginos. Like, people you've heard about a lot. Jeremy Davis. Like, people you've heard loads, like, me talk about at these events. Uh, you had John Duncan from Seasons of War, Carl Long from Season of War. You had lots of people who play religiously or play quite a lot. Which it, which makes Anthony Trentinelli's win so incredibly, uh, so incredibly, like, amazing. Oh, God, wow, that was awful. Uh, but, yeah, it makes it so much more impressive because Skaven are not doing well in the meta at the moment. If we just take a look at Skaven, you can see how they're currently doing in uh, the Age of Sigmar stats. So shout out to Ziggy and Rob. They're currently sat at a 47% win rate in May, but that's got to be a lot, like a bit of a bump all the way from Anthony. But 42%, you know, uh, they've they've gone as low as 36%. They've gone up to 48%, but generally not done overly well. And there's a bunch of like systemic reasons in their book as to why. They're getting a new book soon, which is great. And I really hope Games Workshop have done a great job on that and making the game, the army more both externally and internally uh, paired with kind of the meta as it is but they're pop they're also not used a lot but what is amazing is Anthony has gone 5-0 twice which is genuinely crazy so he just deserves a special shout out yeah um he's also part of the tough crowd gaming club which is a a, a, a club who are really coming to prominence at the moment worldwide lots of tough crowd members so let's take a look at what's in his list so he was running thankwall on bone ripper uh, Arch Warlock and another Arch Warlock. Now, they've both got uh, a spell called More More Warp Power, which allows you to reroll to hit and to wound on a unit, but you take D3 Mortal Wounds at the end of uh, like it all happening. Now, he's got that twice on two Arch Warlocks, and the Arch Warlock's amazing as well. It's got three up armor saves and six wounds, which is super tanky for a Skaven character. He's also got a really good shooting attack and also got a really good um, combat profile as well, like if you overpower it. So, but the, the main bit is the ability to do more and more warp power. And he's taken two because if he loses that, then he loses out on what makes this list so effective. So he has that twice just for redundancy. He's then got Thankwall on Bone Ripper as well, which is the kind of faction leader, which has got, he's got the warp fire projectors, which play really well into hordes. They do loads and loads of mortal wounds. Uh, mortal wounds? No, that's a different story. Uh, mortal wounds. And he's also a pretty good spellcaster in his own right. And then he's got nine Storm Fiends, a 945-point unit, which is three one with three Wind Launchers, three Rattling Cannons, and three Doom Flare Gauntlets. The key here is the ability to make this unit do all of the damage. It's a 1,000-point unit. He's got the Soul Screen Bridge, which is an endless spell, which you can 
pop these nine storm fiends around you teleport these nine storm fiends after you've cast more more warp power on them and then you just delete the earth yeah bam 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 you just shoot as much as you can and it's so good right there's so much output from coming from those wind launchers and those rattling cannons he's also got two units of five scryer acolytes but that's really just to fulfill those battle line uh, options as well so it's just all about that thousand point unit and i know you say to yourself oh okay rob what if he runs into a bellicor well yeah sure like he's going to have to face off against that because bellicor could shut that unit down but what's also really strong about this army is when you charge it because when you charge those nine storm fiends then you can make it so that the Doomflare Gauntlets, which can reroll to hit and reroll to wound in combat, do damage as well. And also the Overwatch on this unit is insane. So overall, a really interesting army, which really relies on not facing against magic that could shut down more and more warp power. Really relies on not facing into a Bellacore as well. And somehow, even with those two things being very dominant, there's lots of spell shutting down uh, available at the minute. He was able to go 5-0 twice back to back. So Anthony Trentinelli just deserves a huge shout out from us here at the Age of Sigmar Stat Center. There's lots of people who have done some amazing stuff over the course of Age of Sigmar 3. We've had Ronya going 11-0 World Team Championships. We've had Bill winning with Fleshy Courts and Sinesh. We've had Gavin putting uh, results on the board, obviously, with um, uh, Kragnos, and, uh, but also with Gits and, and, and some other underperforming armies. So there's loads of army, there's loads of players playing with armies that aren't doing really well. Um, and putting those resen event results up as well. Okay, if you'd like to find out any where any of this information is, you can go to thehonestwargamer.com to find out all of the stats. If you would like to look in the show notes below, if you listen to this on podcast or you listen to this on YouTube, then you can find links to all of these lists if you can go find them yourselves. All of the 5.0 lists are normally updated also on the stats page run by Ziggy and Rob on thehonestwargamer.com, so you go check those out. If there are events in the future that you would like to, us to cover or talk about, then you can get in touch. But we normally only look at events with five uh, five rounds over the course of two days, sometimes five rounds in one day if you're crazy. Um, and that would be the place to check out. If you'd like to support the show, you can join us live on Twitch or you could join our Patreon, which would be really, really cool of you to do so. Thanks very much for tuning in and see you guys soon.